Heaven, thank you for the word which Neil carries in his heart this morning. I pray that there will be just a freedom for him to share and that your spirit will quicken speaker and listener alike. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Bernard. I think, I hope uh, it's coming out now. I really need that prayer, actually. Uh, I, had a, I had carved out Friday to plan this sermon, and then uh, Friday just exploded on me, and so I had to finish this yesterday after the games night. I finished at 10, rehearsed it. Well, there was no booking in here, so rehearsed it once, and it was rubbish, and I was so unhappy with it. Um, but but I'm really, I really feel at peace about what I want to share um, and, and that it is for us, for today, for now. So I have decided to, there are no notes here. Um, and uh, this time, not because my computer blew up, but just because I went, God, I, just, I do believe that you've been laying this message on my heart. So hopefully I'll communicate uh, in a way that helps you. Apparently, at one point, I named this sermon Listening Gently. I don't remember naming this sermon Listening Gently, but apparently I did. And it is about listening gently. Um, I'm going to be speaking to you from Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 28. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I have been uh, conscious. um, I I knew that there were two weeks in between finishing Judges and starting our next series. Next week, Trevor Hill's preaching. I'm going on leave for the rest of March, starting on Friday. Um, And so I had uh, some ideas of what I wanted to share. I was going to do one sermon on uh, what charismatic worship looks like in the Bible and encouraging us to increasingly pursue it. And I was going to do another sermon on the place of a sermon in our corporate worship. And, uh, and I was, again, I was going to use the Bible to do that. Because we're in a time of change as a church. And I want to use today as an opportunity to speak to us in that time of change. Because we have been experiencing um, sense of the Holy Spirit being here with us and leading us in our worship. We've seen uh, more contributions. We've seen a greater variety of contributions, and it's been really good. But within our fellowship, there is a spectrum of, can we just not bother with the sermon? Can we just stay in this place of worship? Can we just sing and laugh and cry and do all of these things and, and, and that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is kind of, can we just sing a couple of songs? Let's not worry about any spontaneous contributions. And then maybe, actually, Neil, could you speak for an hour? You know, and, and, and we, we, are, we, we exist on that spectrum. And, and in a time of change, we want to make sure that we, uh, we manage the change well so that no one feels unvalued, no one feels left behind, no one feels their uh, opinion Uh, doesn't matter. And so I want to speak to you today not on charismatic worship or on the importance of teaching in the life of the church, but I want to speak on how we we form the opinions we form and how we hold them and, and so that we can think about how we think, so that we can be helped in navigating change together, so that everyone feels loved and valued and included, and that we can grow together as a family with each of us kind of allowing ourselves to be pulled in a direction that doesn't come naturally to us, so that together we can grow. And I think it is important 
that we do do a message on this because the world is rubbish at this. The world is absolutely rubbish at this. You know, we, we finished Judges, but we mustn't forget the lessons it taught us, you know, that it was one of the key themes we said, wasn't it? The canonization of Israel. What happens to God's people when they become like the world around them? And so we've got to remember that. It's a lesson that we've got, kind of got to just put in our back pocket and remember that. We mustn't be like the world around us. And when it comes to how people think and how people hold their opinions in the world, they are totally polarised. You know, there's no spectrum in the world as there is here with us. It is you think this or you think that. There is no space for any nuance. And if you believe something, if you think something, there are just numerous lines that are painted that to cross one of them, you are, whether you want to or not, you are excluding yourself from fellowship with countless uh, numbers of people. And, and opinions are held angrily. You know, it, it's, it's quite, a, it's quite a, a scary place to think about having conversations, to think about having different opinions, to think about, you know, considering one another, considering other opinions and how we can learn from one another and move on. And so that is what I want to speak about today. And I will probably start by reading this passage. So this is Matthew 16, verses 13 through to 28. This is a passage that has been on my mind for a long time. I found it really interesting. It's, I've, I've completely selected it just for this thing that it lets me say, but I think it's helpful. There's, there's, I love the, the last verse of the Gospel of John. It says, it says something like, you know, Jesus did loads more stuff so much that I suppose that if books were written about everything, the whole world couldn't contain the books that were written. And so in the Bible, we have a reliable, uh, a reliable account of Jesus' life and teaching, but it's been edited, it's been compiled. And here in the Gospel of Matthew, we have two events. And if, all the book, if, if everything that Jesus said and did were written about, surely there'd be things in between these two events. And so Matthew has chosen to leave these two events side by side. And I want to draw three points from these two events today. So this is Matthew 16, verse 13 to 28. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and some say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he said, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, Peter which means rock, sorry, you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned his disciples not to tell anyone what he, that he was the Messiah. Next event. Could have been any number of things. Matthew chose this. 
From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, there are some standing here right now who will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. I find, I, I find those two events being side by side really interesting. In one event, uh, Peter's thinking is good, uh, and in one event, Peter's thinking is bad. In the first event, Peter's thinking is good because, the, because his heavenly Father revealed it to him, and in the other event, Peter's thinking is bad because Peter didn't set his mind on the things of God, but set his mind on the things of men. He had his mind set on earthly things, not on things above. And so, the three points that I want to make from this. Firstly, we need to be humble. As we hold the opinions that we have formed, we need to be humble. If we have them right, probably a gift from God. <laughs> probably not something that we can boast about. It's probably, God, thank you that in your grace you have allowed me to see this. You know, one of the Holy Spirit's main functions is to lead us into all truth. You know, we must be humble. You know, we should only hold an opinion as tightly as we can confirm that it came from the Bible. If it's our preference, if it's our... Uh, you know, our tradition, the, the way we've always done things, we need to hold it lightly unless we can go to the Bible and go, this is why I think this. This is, this is why I think this. And even then, we're to hold it humbly. The second thing, and if you think today's sermon's going to be short, the next two are longer. The second thing is that we need to set our minds on the things above. We need to set our minds on the things above. We are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. We are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. I, I find it really interesting that, that when Jesus was calling the disciples to pick up their cross and following him, he, he, he did that in response to Peter's thinking. It wasn't Peter's behavior. It, it wasn't, Peter, you, you don't need that, that second Ferrari it was, Peter, your thinking is wrong. You need to let go of that thinking. You need to die to that thinking. You need to take on my thoughts. You need to lay down your thoughts. Not just your whole life, but your whole life includes your thoughts. There was a way of thinking that 
uh, that, that, that we were in, which still can come naturally to us, that we need to be prepared to lay down in order to think the way God thinks, and we have to set our minds on the things above. Uh, the Apostle Paul develops this point in Colossians um, chapter 3. Now, in Colossians, Paul, uh, one of the things that's happening just before this passage that I'll read to you is that there are lots of different opinions within the church at Colossae. There are loads of different opinions, and Paul is addressing them. How are they going to deal with this? Are these opinions going to tear them apart, or is there going to be a way that God's going to lead them forwards, even though they all think different things? And he says this, this isn't on the slides, Abby. Um, Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And then then Paul goes on to tell the church in Colossae all of the stuff that they should lay down. This is stuff that you should lay down. You know, if you're going to set your things on what's above and not on the things that are below, you need to lay down this stuff. And I'm not going to read all of that because I want to read this. This is verse 12 onwards. So he says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. As, as Paul speaks to the church in Colossae, and, and that he knows that there are people in the church who disagree with one another, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, compassion. As you encounter someone who thinks differently to you, you are to be compassionate. You are to try to understand them. You are not to judge them. You are not to write them off. You are to love them and you are to try to understand them. That doesn't mean that you will agree with them. It just means that you will do this. You will clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all else, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as, many, for as, many, as members of one body, you were called to live in peace and always be thankful. That was, that was Paul's instruction to a church that are disagreeing about stuff. Be compassionate. Be gentle. Be at peace and always be thankful. And that is not always easy, is it? It's not always easy. And this is where my third point comes, and I'm going back to the Matthew passage now. I wonder what Jesus would have said to Peter, he rebukes Peter, and I mean, it's a, it's a pretty severe rebuke, get behind me, Satan. You know, I wonder if the Jesus you know has, has ever rebuked you. I hope he's never rebuked you like that, but does the Jesus you know ever challenge your thinking? Does he ever call you to, no, you're wrong? Actually, this is the way I want you to think. I wonder what Jesus would have said to Peter, though, if he hadn't turned straight from Peter 
to speak to all of the disciples. I wonder whether he would have said, you know, something like, Peter, haven't you, don't you remember what, what, what was written in Isaiah, how uh, the Messiah would suffer and die and that salvation would come through his wounds, you know? Have, have you forgotten, Peter, what was written in Genesis, how the serpent's, uh, the serpent's seed would strike uh, your, the, the seed of, of Eve's heel, but that they would crush his head. Peter, you know that this has to happen. Don't tell me this mustn't happen. This has to happen. And then Peter might have gone, ah, I see it. Now my eyes are set on things above. I know, God, that this is what you are working out. This is the way that it has to be. And Peter's thinking may have changed. But Peter, Jesus doesn't do that to Peter. Jesus turns to all of them, and in Peter's hearing, as I say, he tells them, if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you will lose your life for my sake, including laying down the ways that you think that aren't godly, you will find it. And I find, it, uh, I find that really interesting. But, but here's the thing. Following Jesus is costly. Following Jesus requires sacrifice. Unity is costly, Unity requires sacrifice. None of us will always get what we want. That is just a reality. You will never find a church where you will always get what you want. We have to appreciate that. Living in a fellowship like ours does involve sacrifice. And we need to be, we need to be wise. As I say, if you, if you can't say, I hold this opinion because it's written here, if you can't say that, you need to hold those opinions loosely. You need to hold those opinions loosely because we need to be able to do a bit of theological triage. Now, I know that we are not, we, none of, not many of you, I think, would say that you're theologians and I, I re it really frustrates me when people say that. You are. You are a theologian. You might not be a good one, but you are one. <laughs> you are one. <laughs> We have got to be prepared to hold our opinions humbly and we've got to be prepared to hold them either tightly or loosely depending on what it is that our opinions are grounded on. And as I say, we need to do a bit of theological triage because if the things that we're disagreeing about, I know John's talked about things that are written in blood and ink and pencil. You know, if the things that we're disagreeing about are things that are written in pencil, well, I hope that we would never divide over those. I hope that we can compromise on those things. I hope that we can allow for things to not go exactly as we might want in those things. If they're written in pen, I hope that there is room for vigorous debate, but compassion and gentleness and love and, and peace and thanksgiving. And if we're disagreeing over things written in blood, well, well then, yes. Are the elders preaching heresy or what? What's going on? This is, this is not, that wouldn't be good. And we would rightly, we would rightly say, no, this, we cannot move on this. And here's why. <laughs> here's why. I think, I think, um, I think the, the reason I wanted to talk on this is because I, if I'm honest, I think we need to grow in this. And I think that as we look at a season of change, 
And by the way, I hope that we don't settle. I hope that we get used to being a people who are used to change, that we will, we will all, not for, change, not for the sake of change, but that as we see God on the move and it calls us to, to do things differently and it creates uh, issues, I hope that we're always willing to try and figure it out. I hope that we're never going to go, oh, no, look, can we just carry on exactly as we are you know, because I quite like it. I hope that we become a people who are increasingly used to change. But we are in a season of change. We want to navigate it well. Because I've learned and we've seen change not managed well can go really badly. And so we want to make sure that we do navigate change well. And I think that this is an area where if we remember the lessons of judges, if we remember that that book, that book... Who knows why God wants that book there for us? Why, you know, I mean, I loved John's sermon yesterday, but man, not yesterday, last week. Man, why is that in the Bible? Why, 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 do, why do we need that? <laughs> you know, and, and, yet, and yet it's there. And, and maybe one of the reasons it's there is as a note for us. Don't forget about the Canaanization of Israel in the book of Judges. Don't, that, that same fate will befall you if you are not mindful of, of the things that you're thinking and why you're thinking them and that same thing will happen if even if you're thinking the right thing but you're holding your opinions as vitriolically as the world does it's not going to go well for us as a church and so I think this is something we need to grow in it's not just because of of that but it's also because I, my, my feeling my feeling is that we're not very good at changing our thinking we're all right at changing our behaviour. That, that's more obvious. You know, I used to smoke. Now I don't. I was aware that that was, that was silly. It, it was ruining my lungs. It was destroying my wallet and my skin was awful. You know, I was aware that was a really bad thing to do. It took me a lot longer to learn how to speak lovingly to Cheryl. It took me a lot longer to realise my thinking is not right here. The way I'm thinking is causing me to behave in a way that isn't right. And we're a lot slower, I think, to change our thinking. This isn't a sexy message, is it? This isn't, right, Quinn Jubilee, we're going to go and do this. This is, Quinn Jubilee, who are we going to be? Who are we going to be? Are we going to be people whose character and conduct is more important than our activity? We're going to be a people who are faithful above all else, aren't we? We're going to be a people, we want to pursue God with everything. And from that, when we go out, as we find ways to reach out, we can actually offer people hope. Because the power of God is actually at work in our lives. We've actually, we are a community where love is found, where peace is found, where we can be compassionate with one another, including people who are far from God. I want to pray. I want to pray. And then I want to, I wonder, band, if you could come back. Your drummer's going to be a little while. Um, band, if you, yeah, you can't. <laughs> we literally can't. We've been trying for months. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The, 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 welcome and the welcome and hospitality team are now well-staffed. We have, I think, four people on each team. We can probably uh, 
divide the duties out and, and make that serving a little bit less uh, strenuous. We have Julian. Hello, Julian. Julian joined us a few months ago. He has got stuck straight in. <laughs> so now, every now and then, Gary can take a week off because Julian can do the sound. <laughs> God's on the move. It's really encouraging. We don't want to create obstacles to the movement that God is leading us into because we're not willing to change our thinking. And so I want to pray. I want to ask you, I'm, as I say, I'm going to pray, but I want you to do something. I'm, I'm going to just wait for a moment and I'm going to ask you to do something. Uh, it's very practical, but you're not going to have to do anything out loud. I'm not going to ask for any examples or anything. I want to ask you to consider when the last time was that you changed your mind on something? When was the last time that with, with regards to something important, you changed your mind? I bet it was probably a long time ago. <laughs> well, that, yeah, but you're, yeah. <laughs> can always count on you, Luke. <laughs> Right, no, Luca, I'm not talking about when was the last time Janet told you you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm open to changing my mind. I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm going to pray. Genuinely, the, the reason I, I want to ask that question is because if you struggle to pinpoint something significant where you've changed your mind, um, and I think, I think probably the most recent example I would give would, would probably be about eight years ago, um, I, re I remember doing a, I was going through the Bible in one, I wasn't planning on telling the story, I was going through the Bible in one year plan with uh, my previous church, and when we, got to, um, when we got to Leviticus, I think it was Leviticus, no, it wasn't, it was, Ge it was Genesis. Um, when we got to Genesis, I, uh, I really didn't appreciate something that was relating, oh, I'm going to have to tell the story now, I've started. Uh, I didn't appreciate uh, something regarding uh, Christian sexual ethics. And I, I, I engaged in a Twitter war with my pastor, we were exchanging tweets, and I just, I just went away, and I prayed, and I just, oh, okay, God, all right, you're right, okay, he's right, okay, all right, and I changed my mind, and um, these things don't happen often. I'm not expecting that you're going to be, oh, I was last week, and it was about, you know, whether once saved, always saved, you know, it's not, uh, but, but if, you, if you struggle to, go on, Kaylee. I did. No, no, I didn't tell him on Twitter. I didn't tell him on Twitter, but I did go and see him, yeah. <laughs> I did go and see him, yeah. Um, if you struggle to pinpoint something, it might be, it might be uh, a signal that your heart isn't as soft as I think God might want it to be. And so I'm going to pray that we would have soft hearts. Um, but I do just want to give you a moment to reflect before I pray. So... If you would like to close your eyes, close your eyes. You don't have to. And just consider 
As I say, when was the last time you changed your mind on something? Father, I thank you that you uh, desire to change us. I thank you that you are working in us for your glory and for our good. And Lord, I want to I ask, would you search us, God, and would you know our hearts? Would you test us and would you know our anxious thoughts? And Lord, would you point out anything in us that offends you? And would you lead us along your paths everlasting? Jesus, I thank you that any pain of sacrifice that we make to maintain the unity of the fellowship, the the bonds of peace, Lord, any sacrifices that we make to do that, I thank you that we won't have to bear the cost of those for long because as we've read today you are coming again and Lord we long for your return we long for an end to the evils of this world to wars and to bloodshed to the sorts of violence that we heard about last week Lord, I thank you that you are working in us to be a people who can offer hope to a dying world. And so, Lord, would you change us and transform us? Lord, would you make us like that passage in Colossians, that we would be compassionate, that we'd be patient and gentle, that we would live at peace as we navigate change, and that we would always be thankful. Lord, help us to set our eyes on things above and not on the things that are below. Help us to fix our eyes on you and lead us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.